What's happening, runners? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracks the Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything running, the highs, the lows, the ugly bits, and of course, everything in between. My name is Lloyd. I'll be your host for today's episode. And today, we're sitting down and talking with Under Armour professional Adam Fogg. On today's show, we sit down with Adam and run through his switch from Australia to Great Britain Allegiance, his first year as a professional athlete and running 335 for the 1500 metres, how his YouTube channel started and how he plans content, plus much more ahead of his debut race for Great Britain in Brussels at the European Cross Country Championships. Now, if you do want to follow along with what we're doing at Trackster and this podcast, please do head over to Instagram and drop us a follow. And also check out the website, trackster.com. That's where we put all of our longer full content from our YouTube channel. And finally, to support the show, please do leave us a review, which is now available on all platforms. So without further ado, welcome to the show, the Fog Dog, Adam Fogg. Hi, Lloyd. How's it going? Uh, calling in from Stratford-on-Avon today. Can you hear me all right? All good yeah, with the, yeah, yeah. Uh, all, the audio? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, Stratford-on-Avon. So just in the Midlands. Um, I was I was born kind of near here. Um, then obviously grew up in Australia, but uh, mum and dad moved back to Stratford a couple of years ago. So that's kind of now home again. Um, yeah, so I'm here. You in London? Well, I'm in Surrey, technically, which is just okay. Yes, yeah. southwest South of yeah, it's, it's nice. southwest of London. Um, so I live near um, near Teddington, so like Bushy Park and 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 those okay. sorts of areas. That's that's where I went to university and do most of my running. So I've just moved nice. a little bit out of the city for a quiet mm-hmm. life. Nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's a bit of a running hotspot down there, isn't it? I mean, I always see like I feel like every man and their dog are based down there. It's a uh, quite quite ideal for the running scene it seems yeah yeah it, it's I mean I, I lived there for six years and then um, it changed over that time I would say that it's not as vibrant from a running perspective as it used to be I mean it used to be you go for a run around Bushy Park like your, your, your session day double and you'd see five Olympians like yeah. <laughs> mental, <laughs> I mean. um, that is, uh, but, yeah but as people, people get older and settle down and move away and obviously as well I think that St Mary's University had a lot of funding back in the day from London Marathon British Athletics and stuff and that's changed over the uh, years so yeah. I think yeah you know but you know it's a good it's a good it's a good spot and uh yeah love it but let's talk about you mate obviously most recent news congratulations for making the uh, Great Britain team for the European cross uh, short course relay right yeah that's it the relay team so first GB vest uh it's yeah yeah I mean it's it's a massive relief to finally make a team I kind of thought um I was getting to the point where I thought it might never happen it's kind of eluded me for the last few years um since I swapped back to GB a couple of years ago um so it's nice to kind of have that monkey off my back and the kit arrived this morning actually so good timing uh, for the podcast Uh, um yeah it's uh 10 days away from Eurocross and I'm I'm looking forward to it. things are going well and uh yeah nice to finally have that GB vest so really excited for it well you're you you don't make it easy for yourself mate not only the race itself because we're going to talk about that because there's a little bit of chaos <laughs> there in the last few strides but also you do the 1500 it's one of the hardest events to qualify for Great Britain right now it's so stacked I know yeah it's unbelievable just uh yeah, absolutely. I think I, I said this on a podcast uh, just over a year ago that GB absolutely has the most depth in the world out of out of the 1500. And I think like the Americans hear that and think, no, come on, look who we've got. And it's like, 
the top end for sure. Like I think obviously you look at someone like Yara Nagus and he's he's out there challenging to be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised just to see him break a world record in the next couple of years. But um, the depth of GB at the top end is just unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I swapped back uh, from Australia in 2021 because mostly because, you know, I was born in England. All my family's from England. Um, I lived here till I was seven and mum and dad were moving back in 2021. And I kind of thought it's, you know, England's going to be home again. Uh, there was an under 23 champs coming up and I thought I'll swap back. And I did it at just about the worst time because it's like in, in that time, you know, it was always strong, uh, but it's, it's gone from strength to strength. And now you look at the top end of British 1500 running, it's just gone absolutely mad. So might have to move up. Maybe I'll hit the rows uh, for 2024. We just did it. I just did a podcast this morning with Mark Scott and I asked him why he switched into the roads and similar sort of answer in the sense that it was like every diamond league, like the game is moving on every single diamond league. It was like 1245 or you're out the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's funny. Cause like with, uh, with England and Great Britain, I feel like the 5k is pretty open at the moment. Um, you know, where Mark Scott was running, you know, under 13 minutes and Mo Farah kind of relatively recently was at, at the top of that sort of 5k. I feel like the 5k is kind of a bit more open. So it's interesting. Now he's looking at it from the point of like diamond leagues and world champs and stuff. The 5k is really strong and the marathons may be a bit more open, but you know, he's going to have to run, two hours if he wants to be winning world champs so it's i think i think running overall just every event now is stacked there's no event where it's an easy walk in the park to make a team or to medal at worlds is uh yeah just strong at the moment and one of the obviously hardest races to make a team is liverpool i've just i've just actually i'm about six minutes into callum elson's most recent upload to youtube um we're going to get onto YouTube because obviously I know you're a big YouTube fan. You've got your channel itself. I don't actually yeah. watch too much running YouTube. I think that yeah. I, I, I watch just random random stuff. But um, in the in his video, he, he really does describe Liverpool perfectly. It's one of the hardest races to qualify for because there's so much that can go right, so much that can go wrong. You've got the course, the elements, and everyone, anyone who's anyone is there. And yeah. your race was slightly different because it's a, a one-mile race. It's shorter. And obviously that short course element of Liverpool has only been around for a few years now. I personally really enjoy it. But talk us through not just the race itself, but the lead up to it. You, you sort of what you were thinking going into it, obviously your aspirations, how you plan to execute the race. Just talk us through all of it. Yeah, so um I think the main reason why I wanted to do the short course was purely to to make a team and kind of finish the year on a high um i was down to run that road mile um in september and i wanted to make that you know i'll have a crack at making the the world champs road mile um and then i got hammered with covid um the week before it and had to pull out end of my season went to portugal had a an 11 night trip to portugal that was um good fun definitely not good for running but you know probably mentally pretty good for running um and came back, got back into training and uh, spoke with my coach, Corey, and we kind of agreed that um, the short course was probably a perfect time of year. It's a, 
allegedly 1500 i think it was a bit long but um yeah just a perfect way to try and make a team and close the year well um so basically then since the end of september start of october when i kind of started ramping things back up um that race was the focus um and yeah kind of uh the last couple of months now have been big base training you know decent mileage some good kind of threshold work and nothing really too different to what i'd usually be doing this time of year um and had a good couple of weeks in flagstaff last well just before coming back and uh things were going pretty well so kind of going into the race just wanted to wanted to really attack it and put myself in a good spot try and get the win and get the automatic qualification for for the team i didn't want to have to have a nervous couple of days uh but as you were saying i i didn't make it easy for myself i um made it just about as difficult as possible ended up you know uh coming through and coming in second but um yeah i mean throughout the race i i was shocked to be honest at how much the the grass and the mud took out of me i hadn't done a lot of grass running um the last few weeks i kind of maybe maybe it was a bit naive i've done a bit on the track and a bit on the roads and you know a bit of trail stuff in in flag stuff as you do but um not a single session on grass or mud to prepare for what liverpool might have have brought and in the end i would say i got reasonably lucky it wasn't like an absolute mud bath for the morning but for what i'm used to you know it was pretty close i did a stride before starting the race and um my shoes my spikes were immediately just covered in mud um and that's something i I really haven't been used to recently but uh yeah uh gave it gave it my all and thankfully made the team but didn't make it easy for myself well i suppose if you look at josh lay and uh dodds as well dodd is it tom tom dodd is that right dodd yeah tom dodd yeah tom dodd because i know there's a Callum Dodds as well. I always get mixed up. Both fantastic yeah. runners. Both sub 340 performers for 1500. Josh Lay's done 336, albeit he's had a few injuries in that. And Dodd is obviously 149, 800 guy and 339 or whatever. So, you know, got got yeah. wheels. And I um, I know that, that both of those guys were doing a lot of grass work. Yeah, Josh Lay up in Loughborough doing grass sessions. Dodd in Birmingham with his crew there with uh, like Billy Ardy was just behind as well. So yeah. they were primed to basically turn that bend and go to 350 mile pace over the mud. Yeah. So do you think yeah. that in hindsight, looking back at it, that if you could do it again, maybe yeah, some grass sessions would obviously, I, mean, I suppose it's an obvious answer in it, some grass work would have, would have helped you out? Yeah, probably. Um... Just a little bit. I think I think I wouldn't need a lot um, because at the end of the day, it comes down to fitness and overall strength. But I think just getting a feel for the grass and the mud and what, what that was going to actually feel like because two minutes in, no, less, coming, coming down the first straight before we even turned the first corner, I was like, wow, I feel not how I wanted to feel. And I was thinking like, I'm... <laughs> my legs are just getting stuck to the ground. Like I can hardly lift them. Um, and then it was, it's funny cause in the commentary, they say like fogs trying to break away and make a long run for home. Um, as we're coming down the start straight with maybe 600 to go or something, when you come back into the start straight. And at that point, like I was, I was really working hard and I wasn't breaking away at all. I wasn't breaking away. It was just like the camera angle. I was a bit off to the side cause I was, I was like, 
running in mud thinking like where's the best line and I didn't know and uh so yeah uh, to answer the question yeah I think maybe a session or two just get get a bit of a uh, feel for what that was going to be like it's hard to replicate in America though because even in Flagstaff in the mountains where we were the last couple of weeks like it's so dry um and a lot of American fields are just like astroturf um they just call it turf like NFL fields college football fields most of them are just uh nice you know basically concrete just with little bits of astroturf on top so um you know i'm sure there was some good grass around but didn't get on it um for the future though probably probably something that would be worth doing and you mentioned that i i did actually see tom dog get tagged in a reel a couple of days before liverpool saying you know him and tyler are ready for this short course and i was thinking they're moving and they're on grass yeah like that they're mm, ready that. and yeah and i um i i saw that as we came into the home straight i was also like surprised by that final turn i've never been good at running around corners but um that especially i'd seen last year someone slipped down on that final turn so i was already thinking i've got to be careful here uh and then at the best of times i i take corners pretty wide and it was on that it was literally on that turn if you rewatch it i go from pretty much having an equal lead to almost going back to fourth um and that's that's where the gap opened up and then immediately i was like i've i've got a lot of work to do here and you know in the end i i could see tom was starting to falter and i i couldn't kind of believe it when he fell down right in front of the line i yeah felt a little bit bad for him but um you know uh got it done at the end of the day so yeah it's the worst corner in athletics, though, is that corner. I went around there once after 9K, and oh, my Lord, it was awful. Yeah, yeah, but uh stayed on my feet uh, around the corner and, yeah, just gave it my all down the home straight, and, and it worked out. So, yeah. So, Brussels in, uh, not this weekend, next weekend, is it a mile again? Is it the same distance? 1,500. Uh, four by 1,500. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, I mean it's cross country. I'm sure it won't be, you know, bang on, but um, yeah, that's that's the plan. So should be good. And is there a little bit less pressure now because obviously it's a mixed relay team. You just kind of, you know, you, you depend on what leg you're on. You might be like, you might be like eighth, ninth, tenth, first. Who knows? Is it just a case of go there, have a good experience, do your country proud, and just enjoy that sort of part of your sort of achievement that you've made the team? I think I think definitely there is a bit less pressure with it. Um, I say that now, but then while I'm warming up, I'll probably be the most nervous I've ever been. But um, yeah, I think making the team was the main thing. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself to make that team, and I would have been pretty disappointed to have missed out. Um, but yeah, I think you know, hopefully the four of us will go in with high hopes and we'll all run our hardest if that means we we get a medal we win or we end up you know fourth fifth sixth whatever it is um as long as we all give it a real a real crack and give our all i think um hopefully it'll be a great experience for us all i think for the uh for beth morley i think it's her first team as well so um it's just a good chance to really not have huge expectations go in give it a real crack and kind of see where we end up yeah 
So, I mean, really, 2023 has been, been a great year for you, mate. You, you know, you won the MZ Car Mile, which is such a historic race over this side. You set a BMC mile record as well at Sports City. So, you know, you also ran PBs at, what, 1,500, indoor 3K as well, and, of course, the mile itself. How would you, how would you summarise 2023? 2023, uh, overall, I would look back on as uh, pretty pretty solid first full year on the pro scene um i think it started off really well running 744 um for my indoor opener um i was really happy with that it was a shame to you know miss the euro indoor standard by 0.14 of a second um i thought going into that race 744 was a long shot and then i you know nearly nearly ran that indoor standard um but then yeah i mean going up onto the outdoor season, like uh, opening up at Drake Relays back where, where I went to college um, with a podium finish and then kind of winning the Emsley Car Mile, running 335 twice, um, I think kind of gave me a look into kind of what I what I can do um, over the next couple of years. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it was a perfect year. There were definitely things I would have liked to have gone better Um but overall, b- being fifth at British Champs as well, I think is a really solid, solid showing. Um, yeah, so solid year. I would have liked to have made that road mile team, but it's kind of nice to, you know, polish off the year with making a GB team for Eurocross and uh, kind of good momentum going into 2024, um, where I'll try and hit indoors pretty hard early on and uh, then, yeah, move into the outdoor season with, uh, you know, some some big goals try and run fast and hopefully now i've made one team hopefully kind of get another couple of teams under the belt and you mentioned it's your sort of end of your first professional year you're now professional runner for under armor running out of i want to make sure i get this right mission run baltimore distance squad is that right yeah 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 the squad part you've added on but uh yeah it's uh it's a mouthful of a name, but it's, uh, yeah, Under Armour Mission Run Baltimore Distance. Uh, I don't know how they kind of finally settled on that name, but, uh, yeah, it's all all been going really well. Um, and I signed mid-2022, uh, but I'd say this is kind of my first, you know, full year with a full build-up with the team, um, full summer of racing as a pro, because um, I kind of race last year as a pro but i just kind of come back from having my appendix out just finished college and uh yeah so it's it's been a good first full year with the team definitely and how how did that how did that come come about with under armor and sign in you know for, for people that maybe just aren't aware of how how all of this works and yeah talk us talk us through that point in your life yeah, so from kind of January 2022, um, Corey, my my coach, he he kind of got in touch with Jay, my college coach, um, and said that he'd be interested in kind of having a chat with me about um, this new team they were building with Under Armour based out of Under Armour Global Headquarters. So Under Armour was founded uh, in Baltimore, and that's where the where the world headquarters still, still is. Um, so... Yeah, kind of from from January of my final year of college, uh, I was speaking to Corey and he was kind of telling me about the team um, and about, you know, the plans for for building this group out of Baltimore. Um, And I chatted to a few different groups, um, but 
from the start, Corey had kind of said like he was he was really keen to have me, um, and I liked the sound of being based at the world headquarters. the The setup just sounded really good, um, and of the other groups that I was chatting to, like I, I just kind of liked what Corey was saying about you know his coaching style, the guys that were going to be on the team, training philosophies, just kind of all of it seemed like like it would be a pretty good fit. Um, so yeah, kind of kept conversations going, ended up, um, signing with my manager, James Templeton, uh, out of college and then, um, yeah, signed pretty quickly with, with Under Armour and, and the team, um, basically the month after I finished college. Uh, yeah. And has the professional life been what you expected? Um, I think overall, uh, yeah, um, it's it really, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Like, um, you know, just having, having that full-time focus on running um, and the days do get filled. Like a lot of people will say, oh, what do you do? You must have so much free time. And it's kind of, there is, but there isn't at the same time. Like when we're in Baltimore, you know, we'll catch the boat over to, to headquarters where gym and stuff is and we'll run from there. And say if you're running and then you've got gym, you'll get home and it's it's like one or two o'clock after you've run and done gym and then you've got a double. So you chill out for, you know, a couple of hours, you've got to eat um, and then and then you're running again. So the, the days the days definitely do get filled. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I would say uh, it's pretty much what I kind of hoped it would look like. Um and yeah, it's just been a, a great year overall. Um, it's it's just so nice having having running as a full time focus and kind of being in a situation where I don't have to worry about, you know, I guess working on the side. Um, yeah. And your coach Corey, you mentioned there. Like, talk, can you, can you give us real insight into? his philosophy and areas that you've worked on and, and what maybe some differences between what you was doing at Drake college, your college there to what you're doing now as a pro for Under Armour. Sorry, was that what, what the differences in training are? Yeah. 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 Sorry. Having a nightmare with the, with the internet, but um, I would say overall, you know, running, running, I, I think is a pretty, fairly simple sport not a whole lot has changed if anything i would say i was actually running a little bit more mileage while i was at drake um not massively different but i had a few hundred mile weeks while i was at drake and i haven't haven't quite touched that while i've been um with under armor under Corey. um but i will say like our session days are probably higher volume and a little bit more quality um also double threshold is something that's been introduced for every man and their dogs, like over the last kind of year, I feel like. Um, so yeah, double, double threshold is definitely a new thing. I don't know if you caught that before, but, uh, and then gym, I would say we have a much bigger focus on like lifting and taking that pretty seriously. Um, in college, we would, technically go to the gym twice a week but most of the time I would just kind of faff about and do a bit of core and maybe a a bit of 
lifting, you know, sometimes I would do squats or a mixture of stuff, some decent stuff, but sometimes, you know, if I was feeling tired or a little bit lazy, I would just kind of like uh, walk around, do a little bit and kind of get straight out of there. Whereas now we have, I would say on average, kind of probably still twice a week, um, two really good focused gym sessions with our strength and conditioning coach, Carrie. Um, and yeah, she's great. So um, I feel like that's been a, a much bigger focus as well. And mate, you said about goals next year, obviously next year is a huge year for championships. Um, Olympic year, we've got so much going on. You've made one team now and you said that obviously you want to sort of continue that trend. What are some of your goals going into the new year? Are they, do you have, are they so specific that they're like, I want to run X time or are you a little bit more flexible with it? I, I haven't thought a whole lot about like specific times um that i want to run next year um i've got i've got kind of general ballparks but um honestly i feel like over the 1500 i probably should have in the end run a bit quicker than i did this year so i don't want to set an expectation for next year and then run it early on and go oh it's been a great year and kind of call it quits so i feel like i i definitely have times in my head like i'd love to get down to the low 330s and if i if i run a 3k um i think being in the mid mid to high kind of 730s isn't unrealistic um but i think more so for next year my goals will be to really try and just climb the ladder of um of the rankings and being being more competitive to to the point where I am a real contender for making teams. And obviously in the 1500 in GB, I would need a lot to go my way to find myself on the Olympic team. But um, just doing everything I can to put myself in the best position to be making teams. If uh, world indoors is on the radar, Euro outdoors is on the radar. Um, and then I, I will say the Olympics, obviously I'm very well aware that it's, you know, an extremely hard team to make. I think GB is definitely the hardest team in the world to make, especially given the standards and the ranking points situation and everything. Um, But yeah, I think going into next year, it will just be trying to be competitive, trying to run fast, knock out a few PBs. And I think with that, um, the chance of making teams kind of gets closer and closer. Yeah. Do you do you ever feel like and there's loads of you know there's there's a lot of athletes you know that are that are based overseas especially in America from from Great Britain but do you ever feel like you're ever at a disadvantage being away from the UK when it comes to I don't know being in the scene I don't know I'm just trying I'm just trying to gauge whether 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 that is a disadvantage or is it or is it an advantage when we think world ranking points etc cetera, etc cetera? I think I think a couple of years ago when I first swapped over absolutely um like when I first swapped over and I was still you know at college and I'd been living in Australia since I was 7 years old I don't think anyone in the UK had heard my name but um I think now it's so many people are based overseas um and at the end of the day like it I feel like uh you know, 
obviously points don't really mean anything for GB. Uh, ultimately, you have to run fast and then come back and compete at British Champs. And if you do that, and you you know you're in the top two and you have a have a qualifying time, then you're going to make a team whether you're based in the UK or if you're based in I don't know the Middle East. Like you you could really be based anywhere as long as you then come back compete when it counts so i think now um being based in america uh with the setup that we have with under armor it's it's a pretty ideal situation and with that being able to come back for the european season um kind of works perfectly um if i wasn't coming back for a european season then i think i wouldn't be quite so much on the radar um but I'm I'm back here so often it's irrelevant I think and hope. Yeah. What do you, what do you miss about home? I don't know where home is. Um, <laughs> uh, the the I've said this to a few people. It's funny because like Australia is kind of most of what I know. So when I come back to England, I love it because I'm I'm here at my parents' house. I train really well um and i just i don't know that many people still so i kind of i'm just like in this little bubble where i don't really do a lot and uh you know i i come back and i train and i see my cousins and see family um but while i'm away i don't know it's it's honestly so simple i would say like my parents my dogs uh you know family just simple things that you maybe sometimes take for granted while you're actually here but while you're away you kind of think oh it'd be quite nice to have a home cooked meal and be at home uh it's it's very like cozy here i feel like i do enjoy being at home and this house actually was my grandma's house so i've been coming here since i was zero um so it's it is nice being being back here um but yeah i would say just kind of family dogs not having to cook, uh, simple stuff like that. I, I enjoy being back in England while I'm here. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. Where's, where's got better food, Australia or England? It depends on where my mum is. Uh, if, if she's in Australia and I'm at home and she's cooking, then great, I'll, I'll go to Australia. Uh, if she's here, then home-cooked meals here, great. Uh, if you're eating out, I feel like it's similar all over the place. Honestly, you can mm. get you can get great food wherever you go. One thing one thing I do like about England is like and my dad loves this. I feel like this is half the reason he moved back to England. The the pubs here. It's not like anywhere yeah. else in the world. Like pub food, um the environment, the experience. It's just and and the history, I guess. Like you go into a pub and it's like 600 years old. I think my dad's school was built in the 900s like it's a thousand years old you don't get that anywhere else so uh food i'll say england um but australia did nando's, have a great nando's is better here. oh yeah yeah <laughs> nando's they, is they so did have, bad in australia they did have nando's in australia have you got australia tattooed on you yeah, I lived there. I lived in Sydney for a year, and then oh, uh, I got yeah. drunk one lunch and got and got a tattoo on my leg. Oh, nice! Yeah, <laughs> I've I've done the same thing. Uh, yeah, we won't go there, but I haven't got Australia. I've got England. If 
funnily enough. I don't know if you saw Callum Nelson's <laughs> comment. And it's not on my leg. Nah. It's, uh, a Callum Nelson's oh, comment mate. on my post. He said, this man wears his nation on his chest. Um, if you know, you know. And there it is. Uh, wow. Spill the beans. Wow. But, um, yeah, no, Australia's a great place. Nando's, England. Oh, that's that's one of the best places in the world. It's elite. It's elite. It's elite level yeah. cuisine. It is. So, mate, mate, I want to talk about YouTube because, man, I love YouTube and I know you love YouTube and I want to talk about your channel, um, the Fog Dog exclusive. My first question is that name. Where did the whole Fog Dog thing come from? Yeah, uh, I don't I don't really have a great story with this, to be honest. Like I was actually I don't know if you've heard of uh this runner from Australia, he's now at college in America, but Matt Hansen, um, he's, a, he's a couple years younger, um, pretty good from kind of the 1500 up to the 10k. But I was, I lived really near him in Australia and he, we were on a run one day and he was saying I should make a YouTube channel and kind of show what, what I get up to while I'm at college. And he said, you should call it the fog dog special time. I was like, I'm not going to be making a YouTube channel. I don't want to, you know, become a, a YouTuber. Um, and then I kind of thought about it and I'd seen, you know, the athlete special and how, how big he got on YouTube. And I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll give it a go, but I won't post any videos until I've got five, 10, 15 videos that are good and I'm happy with. And I called it the Fog Dog exclusive. I literally, I looked up synonyms of special and it said exclusive, like the athlete special, the Fog Dog I, I couldn't call it special because I didn't want to copy him completely, but it said exclusive and I thought that's got a bit of a ring to it. So I just, from, from that day on, uh, January, 2020 called it the fog dog exclusive. Um, still haven't changed it. It's kind of, I, I don't know. It's kind of stuck. It's in the intro song as well. So, um, yeah. And then I started filming some stuff, went back to college and, uh, I filmed one video and thought I'm, I'm going to post it. And I did. And then, and then I went 18 months actually of posting every single week without missing one. Some weeks with a couple of videos, but uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the history behind the name. And we're going to, we're going to play your intro song when, when this nice. comes out, we're, we're going to, we're going to do it here. And I now want to talk about the story behind that song, because it's probably, it's probably my favorite rap song. <laughs> oh same here i think it's probably most mate, i think i know i know that. the lyrics mate i think i know the lyrics <laughs> like, off bar. <laughs> i love to hear that you know it's actually a full song on spotify i think it's about three minutes long it's on spotify if you search fog dog <laughs> by ah elite it's uh it's a full song so you can have it on repeat for for your runs um i think that's what most people we'll do it. while they're out running perfect yeah but um yeah no it's it's by a guy called jack hunter um in Australia, I, I messaged him because he, he was doing a few like rap songs about running. He mentioned Stewie. He mentions Prefontaine in a few songs. like, And I was like, you reckon you could make me an intro song? And I think I think within within a day, he sent through two 30-ish second um, songs, that being one of them. And I, I heard that. It was actually the second cut. The first one I, I the first one I quite liked and thought I was going to use when I first heard it, and then the second one, the one that's being used as soon as I heard that was like this is it, this is the one. 
and uh yeah then about six months on maybe a year on he made he made a full song out of it quite good amazing man what a story what a story i know brilliant so yeah. I'm on your channel right now, 214 videos, you've got 14,500 subscribers and your content is just running, man. Like so much running insight, <laughs> sessions, races, like if you love running and love track, like your channel is is perfect for that. And you said there that when you went back to, to college, you just posted a video and then for 18 months, you were posting one, two videos a week or whatever. I kind of... I kind of want to ask because I saw a video recently, one of your workouts where I think you wore a head cam or a chest cam. I can't, I can't quite oh, remember yeah. which, which, which it was. But now that you're pro and over that course where you were, you know, nailing the uploads, does it ever, does it ever get in the way of your training or your running, or have you nailed your process of like this is how I film? Like it, it's just kind of water for ducks back now. Yeah, no, I would, I would say it definitely doesn't. Um, there, there are times like I will now like never put the camera in someone's face like before a race, like right before a race. You know, maybe the the night before or a couple of couple of days before. If we're traveling as a team, like I'll get a few like pre race interviews and see how people are feeling going into whatever whatever the race might be. But from the start. I always said like I want to make sure that running is absolutely the priority and YouTube will never take away from that. I when I was first starting the channel, I was like, I don't really know if I wanna even make a channel. Um and you know, I obviously I did and I post on YouTube reasonably regularly. Um but I'm still not at the point where like and I never will be, like YouTube is never gonna be the first priority and I, I never want it to take away from running. And when I do film sessions um, you know, we'll, we'll like me and one of my teammates usually will share a rep, like say if we're doing mile reps, I'll wear the GoPro for one rep, he'll wear it for the next. That's, that's all the footage we get. We take it off. We don't do anything else with it. Um, and then after the session, when we're back at home or whatever, I'll get a few kind of post session thoughts or post race thoughts, whatever, whatever the video is. Um, but I would say no, it definitely never kind of takes away from, from the running. Running is first and foremost, and I think it'll it'll stay that way. It, it's to the point where I'm like, I'm pretty relatively compared to some YouTubers, like lazy with it, to be honest. I still haven't filmed my outro for the Liverpool video, where I think some people will be so focused on the content, like of making it. I'll use Callum Elson as an extremely good example, because I actually like, uh, started watching his video last night and was like, this is so good. And it, it, I didn't even watch the first minute and I was like, I've got to edit this video from Flagstaff. It's two weeks old and I haven't, haven't got it out. And it's coming out today now. It comes out tonight. Um, but that's, that's kind of the way I am with it. Like I'll, I'll run, I'll film some stuff. And then when I'm able to, I'll put it together and post it on YouTube. And it, production quality is so simple. I edit in iMovie. Um, I just, you know, chop the clips together, put some, put some music over it. And, uh, it kind of, it kind of works out well, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, I would say it doesn't kind of take away from, from any of the running. I think that obviously Callum, Callum has, um, Charlie capturing a lot of his content, editing content, and that's Charlie's profession now. So he's yeah. professional at doing it. So his content output is incredible, but I think that it is. if, 
and and this is from my experience of, of doing some filming but also speaking to a lot of um people in the space that if you were to say right do you know what i actually really want to improve the quality of my content or i want to make it look better or whatever it may be and you were the one responsible for doing it you would have to make some form of sacrifice you'd probably have to go to sessions earlier you would have to get up earlier you'd have to go to bed later like you'd have to set up shots you'd have to like also and also like be, be like for people you're training with oh by the way like there's going to be a camera here there's going to be a camera there all of a sudden yeah. there's like other things you got to consider so i suppose yeah. that what i like about your content is that like it ticks my boxes i get to see a, a dude that i like running great perfect <laughs> yeah and yeah. i just it's just raw. It's just raw. Like if I want really high con, co- like quality content, I'll just go and see a Tim Man Elite video or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But again, oh, absolutely. They they yeah. have the people shooting it. It's really yeah. difficult, man, to to be a pro runner, a pro YouTuber, yeah. all in one. It's it's, oh, it's virtually sure. possible. Yeah, which is which is why I think my my channel definitely suffers because of that. You look at like uh, I love I love Callum Nelson and he his channel is unreal like the the production is really really good and he's got charlie there you look at a channel like philly bowden so many subscribers so many people are watching her videos and it's like the production quality compared to what i'm pumping out is just like a world of difference and i think she's got her boyfriend daniel um who's kind of helping out with that and it's just like i'm i'm so relaxed with it i enjoy making the videos and i think for for the kind of effort i put in and what i want to get out of it it's it's perfect it's raw it's simple to edit it doesn't take up you know hours and hours of my time um but i still feel like i do enough to make the videos decent enough for the audience um without kind of having to sacrifice running and and like you say like with the amount i'm doing my teammates are great with it you know they'll have a chat to the camera while i was in college i would just get the camera a little bit and like everyone was very happy to be involved. Um, but, you know, if I started having a film crew turn up every session, I think it would it would kind of change the dynamic of it. And I think it's good because it is so relaxed. I'll whip out the camera and it's just like they, they hardly even, my teammates hardly even feel like they're speaking to a camera where, you know, if they were getting mic'd up and it would it would change the whole um, whole kind of idea of, of the videos and kind of why, why. Or what their purpose is, I guess. The whole purpose is just show what we're up to and keep it simple and not too hard for me. Yeah. Have you um do you do you plan your videos or would you just, just kinda like, oh I've got a session on that day and I'll just shoot it? Yeah, completely. I I <laughs> yeah. <love> it. <laughs> I I post when I want. If I if I miss a week now, great. While I was in college I was like, I'm gonna do every single week. But now if I if I miss a week not bothered uh some days i'll wake up think i'm gonna film a session and then be like sod it i'm not bringing the camera out i can't be bothered and i won't i won't make a video out of that session um other days i'll wake up not plan on filming and be like oh why not like i'll get the camera out and uh just start filming um so it's kind of very much day to day how i'm feeling what i what i want to do yeah, right, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, I, I keep going, man. Keep going because I love the content. I love the content. It's sick. It's sick. Yeah. Oh, so, I will. Yeah. 
races in the uk i don't I, you know how, how long are you going to be here for uh obviously i know you've got this um european cross relay but are you going to be sticking around are you going to are you going to do any of the road races anything like that um the plan is probably i'll probably go back to america start of january so i don't really know what that will look like for for racing after european cross i wouldn't be opposed to doing some road races or um I don't even really know what's on the calendar. I think there's what a 10 K like somewhere up North just before new year Uh, that potentially could be good. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to doing a couple of road races. I don't really know if I'll be here for the start of the UK indoor season. Um, But honestly, right now I, I can't even tell you what I'm doing for my session tomorrow. So um, yeah, I haven't really looked past Eurocross at at this point, but as soon as Eurocross is done, um, depending on how I'm feeling, I'll um, chat to Corey and kind of see see what's on the calendar and what would work pretty well. Yeah, yeah. There's two there's two ten k's. You've got Ribble Valley ten k, which that's is the one a quick one. Yeah, um, Mark Mark Scott's doing that, and then there's Telford ten k as well, which is incorporated with the England Championships. That's a quick one too. I looked at yeah that that's same day as uh Eurocross December the tenth because my cousin was chatting to me about that actually um he's he's gonna do it I think um I think he's also gonna do Ribble Valley so that potentially could be could be good if it works out with you know training and um what kind of what Corey's saying so we'll see so. Just to round off, um, Adam, before we, we we finish with our quickfire round, can you just give us an idea of what what does training look like for you now? As you can imagine, we love hearing all the stats. We love knowing how much pro runners are running. So Monday yeah. through Sunday, what, what does a bog standard week look like for you right now? Yeah, um, it's funny because we're, we're on a nine-day cycle, so every week is slightly different and days of the week are slightly irrelevant at the moment. Um, but basically we go session or hard long run every third day so um kind of starting off the week i'll start with a monday so day one of the cycle we'll go easy double with a with a lift in there um so that's kind of up to 13 miles total usually eight and five all easy running um tuesday we'll do one 10 mile run Wednesday will be a session, whether that this time of year, um, hills, usually, uh, we were doing something like 12 by a minute, pretty hard, um, while we're in Baltimore. And that kind of changed to slightly longer hills when we went to Flagstaff, um, Thursday back to, uh, usually like midweek long run. So up to kind of 13 miles. Um, Friday will be just one 10 mile run. Um, that's day five of the nine day cycle Saturday, day six, double threshold. Um, so that's always a fun one, big day of volume. Um, usually we'll do mile reps in the morning, sometimes two mile reps, sometimes two K reps, sometimes K reps. Um, it kind of depends on where we're all at and kind of what, uh, what Corey's kind of thinking for the session um and then in the afternoon when we come back for the second session it's usually a bit more kind of track focused whether it's 800s or getting ready to race i was doing 300s with short recovery just kind of turning over a little bit more 
Um, Sunday, so day seven of the cycle, um, we just have one run, 10 miles, the day after double threshold. Uh, back to Monday. So obviously this starts a new week technically, but with the nine-day cycle, um, it's day eight, um, is kind of an easy recovery day. So once every nine days, we'll have a day where it's kind of like, if you need a day off, take it. Um, and if you want to run, you can kind of go up to six, seven, eight miles. If you're feeling good, just kind of super easy. And then the final day of the cycle. So this would be, uh, Tuesday. Yeah. The ninth day technically, um, is long run. So I've been going up to 17 and a half, um, miles. So like 20, 28 ish K. Um, and with our long runs, it kind of, it is a workout day. So we'll, we'll get down to kind of 520 ish per mile. Um, and the more fit you are, the better you feel. Um, the longer you spend at 520, 5.30, kind of in that range. Um, so you, you don't go a lot quicker than that. Ideally, you kind of hold at 5.30, but you build down to it. And if you're feeling great, you'll you'll get there after, you know, four, five, six miles, and you'll hold that the rest of the way. If you're early in the build-up, you'll kind of, you might get there for the final two miles. Um, it kind of just depends on where you're at and where you're at in training and stuff. So, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. That obviously changes kind of going into the indoor season. We'll get a bit more track focused. Um, and then when racing is in full swing, the nine day cycle kind of goes out the window because, you know, you might be racing three weeks back to back to back. Um, so you can't be there thinking, no, it's, you know, day three of my cycle. I'm, I'm not doing a session. You've got to kind of work around races. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it looks like for the time being. No, that's that's great insight, man. And I just want to ask about the nine day cycle. So is that something that you've done since joining Under Armour or have you done that prior to that as well? Yeah, only only since joining Under Armour. And it was something that when I first signed, um, the boys weren't actually weren't actually doing. And then in my first American fall um build up last starting last September, um, Corey kinda of introduced it and we tested out and we kind of weren't sure where it was going to go but i think we all agreed it was like working pretty well um and we were all pretty happy with having two fairly easy days session day two fairly easy days big session day and then two fairly easy days and um usually a hard long run um in college just with you know classes and everyone having a different schedule i think most colleges probably work on just a standard week cycle seven days because it's obviously pretty pretty simple to follow um so tuesday friday workouts and saturday or sunday long run um that was kind of our standard uh standard schedule while i was at drake but um yeah now it's that nine day cycle for for this time of year Love that. Nice, mate. Well, we're going to round off this uh, this podcast, Adam, with our quickfire round. We ask our guests all the same questions because we're not very original, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes they can throw, throw out some, some good chat. So first thing that pops into your head, just, just blurt it out. So number one, if you had a magic wand, what's one thing that you'd change in athletics? Um, change in athletics, like like for for myself or for the for the world 
Anything. Anything you like. You've got the wand. You do as you please. All right. Um... <laughs> uh, you know what? I would I would say uh, for for the UK, I think I would use my magic wand and magically take a full team to every champs. Nice. We've had, we've yeah. had that one before. That's, that's good. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah. That's wholesome, wholesome answer. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number two, what's the best thing about working as a professional athlete? everything honestly i i really really love it um just i okay i think i think the the best thing and this might sound like i'm kind of saying it from a negative point of view but i think truly one of the best things is that i am extremely happy with what i'm doing and i'm not waking up every day going to a job that i hate and and yeah for this to be a job is kind of kind of ridiculous um having the chance to sounds a bit cliche but you know traveling around loads of different places meeting so many different different people and um seeing different parts of the world i think yeah it's just pretty pretty good and what about the worst thing what's the one thing about being a pro athlete that you like oh i hate that <sighs> uh probably having to explain to people what you do you know like if you're at a family reunion and they <laughs> <laughs> you know one of your relatives is i don't know i haven't got any like relatives who are doctors i don't think but say you've got a really successful person and then you know your long lost auntie says what are you up to these days and you say oh, i'm just running full time and then you have to explain it all and they just <laughs> they just look at you like you're you're a waste of time i think that's got to be that's got to be up there because i've i've tried to explain it to a number of different people um what i do and i think no one gets it like so you kind of just looked at as like oh the one the one who runs around a bit so probably that but listen auntie 355 of sport city you don't understand how good this is <laughs> i know i know exactly <laughs> that's what i say and yeah she doesn't understand so yeah there aren't many oh, bad things i i will not be like all sad about being a pro runner i think most of it is i would say pretty good obviously there's loads of different experiences some people probably have it have it different but yeah i i struggle to think of many bad things so what's a what's a harsh truth that the running world needs to hear hmm this is a good one uh all right i'll say for the general running world and i'm not really like saying this to people who, you know, are probably established and run a lot. But if you watch a running YouTuber and then you think, and it's a Friday night, as an example, and you think you're going to go to park run in the morning, you've got all inspired and you're going to go and break 20 minutes and you've never run before, or you haven't run for say five years and you, you dust off your old pair of running shoes and think you're going to turn up at park run and just break 20 minutes off the bat. And then it doesn't happen and you hang up your running shoes and you say, this isn't for me. That's not how it works. You, I think too many people see, and maybe I'm partly to blame for this, running influences, YouTubers or whatever, think that they can do that and they turn up. They might run a few days the first week 
and they think they're going to get a PB or they're going to run really fast, it doesn't happen and they give up. Like one of the biggest things I think, and this is said over and over and over again, is consistency. And I think as, you know, cliche as it might sound, I think it's true. Like um, you can't just expect it to happen overnight. It's a process. Most of the people at the top, well, all of them have trained days, weeks, months, years and years pretty much every day um it doesn't happen overnight so i think that it's probably not a massive misconception like probably most people understand that but uh, i think there's a few out there who who don't um oh another thing thank you yeah another thing is uh and this one this one's maybe a bit more harsh but uh this one really grinds my gears stopping for a long time or an extended period of time during like a long run or even not a long run, just an average training run when you don't need to like say, Oh, this in college, this really used to frustrate me. Like if you're running for time, you're going for an hour run and there's, you get a red light and like you could just run up the road and cross it further down. There's just no need to, to be stopping or when you get, get a drink, if you need a quick drink, fine, whatever. But if you're then stopping for five minutes and having a chat, you you might as well call it two separate runs. Like, um, so uh, yeah, it, on a long run, and my my group really digs at me for this. Like when we stop and our coach likes us getting a bit of fuel in, like whether that's a gel or like a, a sports drink during a long run. Like I'll leave the bottle on top of the car, run past the car, grab it, drink it while I'm running, and try not to stop just because because I don't want to and. Stopping for five minutes, having a chat. It, it's in my in my eyes, it's two separate runs. So that's another harsh one. I'm going to be the elapsed time police on your Strava for yeah. the rest of eternity now. Go go <laughs> for it. When it, go for it. I I actually was thinking about that this morning while I was running. I think I think 99% of my runs, obviously you know sessions and stuff, it varies. And when I'm when I'm with a group, it it'll definitely change. But uh, yeah, I would say 99% zero elapsed time yeah no stopping <laughs> that's hilarious oh, maybe that's a problem so I've got. yeah maybe maybe i, I yeah. don't know maybe that's for another another conversation but yeah. uh we've got one more quick fire question uh what is one thing that you would have liked to achieved in your life in 10 years time um i think being an olympian and making making as many teams as i can um i you know i don't have strict time goals i want to run fast i i would love to call myself an olympian making making the commonwealth games european champs making all those big teams um and not being able to count on two hands the number of times i'd run for you know england or gb would be something that you have to look back on as a success. I I don't, I feel like every runner retires and thinks they could or should have done more um, or would have done more if things had gone, things had gone better. So I think it's going to be hard to like be done with running when, when my body starts to get tired um, and be like, that was a perfect career. But I think like being an Olympian, I would say would be a great success. Uh, making the commonwealth games european champs things like that um world champs world indoors like there's so many teams that i would i would love to make and i think um just being competitive in races and um just looking back and knowing that i've given it my all uh for as long as i can essentially 
probably a pretty boring answer, but kind of true. No, no, no. That's a that's a good answer. That's a good answer, and a, and a perfect way to end. Thank you so much, mate, for joining us on the uh, the tracks the podcast today. We're rooting for you, and best Thank of luck you. out in Brussels, man. I hope. Uh, Thank you very I hope much. It goes well, and yeah, man. Enjoy your enjoy your Christmas and New Year, and we'll we'll hopefully see you in the New Year. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Lloyd. It's been uh, it's been very enjoyable. Sorry about the Wi-Fi early on, but uh, nah, it's all good. I think it's been it's all right all the last few minutes. Uh, yeah. Thank you. That's all good, mate. We'll edit it. And we'll we'll make it. We'll look, we'll make it look crisp. Perfect, perfect. Trackstar Productions can't beat that. That's it, mate. All right, I'll catch you around. Catch you soon, buddy. Perfect. Have a good one. Cheers, Lloyd. You too. See ya, See you, mate. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week for another episode of the Trackstar Podcast, where we talk all things running, the highs, the lows, the ugly bits, and of course everything in between. Big shout out to our guest Foggy on the tight. Bloody hell! That's the second time I've messed it up. Second time ever. First time and second time ever I've messed up the outro. Thank you for joining us this week for another episode of the Trackster podcast where we talk all things running. The highs, the lows, the ugly bits and everything in between. Thank you to our guest Adam for his time on the show today. And if you've enjoyed today's listen, please do leave us a review and head over to our Instagram at Trackster to keep up to date with everything that we're up to. I've been Lloyd, your host for the day. I'll catch you down the road for a run and chat. But in the meantime, have a good week. <laughs>